the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. Greetings and welcome, everyone, to this uh, episode of AV Nation TV's Connected. I'm your host, uh, David Danto, and I have a co-host to the show, Tim. Say hi to everybody, the founder hi, everybody. of AV Nation TV. <laughs> that was it? That was it. I mean, I <laughs> said hi, so I said hi. Hi, everybody. I'm Tim. Okay, so the hair's a thing now, right? It's just going to be you're going long, and that's the way it is. The, the hair is a thing until I decide it's not a thing. I mean, I, oh. I, about about I get my hair. I have a hairstylist touch my hair every six weeks. I almost said cut, but... Uh, about two times ago, I was about done with it, and and then I did an interview with um with a young man from Cedia who is about ten years older than me and has a much more luscious head of hair. And I'm like, nope, if, if Peter can do it, I can do it. Peter and Maldo and some of the other people. Okay, so let's not. Okay, get... Maldo's a bit a bit. Yeah, Maldo. you're not going to go purple. Okay, no problem. Um, our guest <laughs> for this show is uh, our good friend Steve Koenig. Steve, say hi to everybody. Remind everyone who you are and what you do. Hi, everybody. Uh, and Dave, great to be back with you guys. Uh, Tim, good to be with you. And uh, I'm Vice President of Research at Consumer Technology Association, the owner and producer of CES. And as we are recording this, we've got another CES coming up, a CES 2024. Um, I'm very privileged to have, I got to point the right side, that side to have been um, an Innovation Awards judge again this year for it's my seventh time, which is really nice. First time in a bunch of years, but uh, that's mm-hmm. really nice. And um, we're really trying to figure out what's going on. CES has always been, and I've said this before, so I apologize if anybody's heard it. Mm-hmm. CES has always been the, one of the most important, or not the most important conference that I go to every year, not because of anything that I see, but because of the 30,000 foot view I'm able to get for what's really going on, what's happening in history, what's happening in technology, what's happening with the markets moving. And that's one way that we can really kind of figure everything out in the industry. Mm-hmm. So, so Steve, I assume this year is not going to be any different. It's just going to be another wild, big show with uh, a lot of trends that you're working on in the background, right? Well, as usual, but uh, before I kind of break down some of the, the the stats, if you like, for the for the show coming up in a few weeks, I just want to say thanks for for helping out with Innovation Awards, David, because this year we had actually a record number of submissions, over 3,000 Innovation Award submissions. That's a a gain of like 40% versus uh, for CES 2023. So thank you for for doing an elephantine effort to judge all of those products and so forth. But I appreciate that. And you know, that's actually a tangent I want to go down just for a second before I let you go through everything. Okay. I have noticed both in the industry and both as a judge without revealing anything that I can't reveal that more and more of the innovations are coming from smaller and smaller organizations. That yeah, the that, big companies, a- M&A, they, they glom onto a, a brand or, or, or a logo and they buy up the smaller companies and the innovation sort of peters out and dies. And it's these smaller organizations that come up with things that are really wild and amazing. <laughs> well, we, we get to, I'm glad you noticed. Uh, and also, I just think is just over the past, you know, 10 years and change as as technology has just diffused across the entire economy. That's also playing a role into just more of the 
going beyond the usual suspects, if you like. Now, we get plenty of submissions from those usual suspects uh, as well, and a lot of great innovations coming from those larger tech companies. But you're right, uh, a host uh, and a very long tail, in fact, of, of smaller uh, SMEs, uh, fantastic innovators, uh, some of whom will be at Eureka Park, uh, which will have over a thousand uh, startups from around the world. But uh, a little bit about the show, uh, it's, uh, I think we're, uh, we're going to be close to pre-pandemic proportions at CES 2024. It's going to be a fantastic event. Uh, we're expecting uh, over 3,500 exhibitors from around the world. Uh, I mentioned the, the thousand plus startups at Eureka Park. But uh, in terms of attendance, probably over 130,000 trade professionals, again, from over 150 uh, different countries, territories, and, and other regions. So a truly global event, uh, and which is why we say that, that CES is the, the most powerful tech event uh, on the planet. Uh, and certainly, I think there's going to be just no shortage of, of just cool gadgets, uh, insightful trends, and just mind-blowing innovation all at CES 2024. Well, Steve, actually, I want to go down Eureka Park for a second because it was, yeah, I made no bones. I had never been to CES uh, before a couple of years ago, and 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 Mr. Danto and, and you have been after me for years, and I finally got to it, right? And my favorite part, I love big, ginormous displays. Don't misunderstand. I like gadgets. I'm a, I'm a big headphone junkie, and, and my kids <laughs> will tell you I have more headphones and, and earbuds than I care to admit. But Eureka Park was my favorite part of that entire experience because like you just said it is it is hundreds if not thousands of people who have come up with a, a, a an idea right a kernel of an idea and they're able to to you know it, it's not overly expensive they're able to come there and network with other like-minded technologists possibly connect with it with a larger company and, and yes we can we can talk about some of the the, the dark side of MA but also some of the positive of M&A, or at least positive part of the the, the capital that's available at, at CES. Uh, there was a gentleman there that had, uh, he had uh, developed a, uh, a biometric lock, right? So basically you put your, th your thumbprint on it. Well, yeah. he got connected to Yale, right? Yale's yeah. like, well, this is great technology. You're, you're talking about Robbie Cabral of uh, Benji Lock. Yeah, yeah. Benji Locks. So he, 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 he gets in part of, of Yale. Those success stories, I think, is what makes... Eureka Park so innovative and, and so exciting to me. Talk to talk for a second about, you know, without revealing anything, but what, some of the things that we should expect to see this year uh, in in that in that incubator. Well, as I mentioned, over a thousand uh, startups from around the world, several countries uh, curate pavilions uh, uh, themselves, like like the Netherlands and and France, for example, but probably about a dozen of curated country level. Uh, exhibit arenas that they're, they're bringing startups over. And uh, you're right about these, uh, these just these nascent ideas. And, and a lot of them are looking for funding. And at CTA, we have a, a, an amazing program that actually connects startups with investors. Uh, it's called CTA Match. And, and that program actually runs a couple times a year. But CES is, is a major in-person connection point for obvious reasons. But yeah, it's it's truly amazing. So it's uh, investors, uh, I think, walk the halls of, of Eureka Park. Uh, but but all of us as technologists also, it's I would say the enthusiasm, as you you probably would agree, is palpable 
Uh, yeah. uh, it's it's just palpable, and the they're so keen. And some of these ideas really are, I think, life changing, uh, world changing, and have so much potential. And in fact, over the many years that Eureka Park has has been part of CES, uh, we've witnessed billions of dollars uh, in in funding for these startups, uh, and that have really helped them you know, grow. And yes, yeah, some, some do get acquired. Uh, and I think that's just a natural part of business, but, uh, and those are business decisions, but uh, it, it's just a, you, you could spend all four days of CES in just 100%. in Eureka Park, really. Yep. That's one of the things I learned early on in attending the show. And this is guy I didn't count. So I'm, I don't know my 20th, my 25th. I don't know how many years I've been going there, something like that. Um, you, it, it came to the point very early on after a few years that you realized that you cannot see the show. Um, it is impossible <laughs> for any one individual to see the show. You can either wander around and get a sense of it, or you can go with a team and divide and conquer and meet up every evening and have everybody share stories, but it's, it's impossible. The show is too big for one person to really take it all in. Well, that's certainly true. Uh, if you're going to take it in and, and any meaningful measure. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe it is physically possible to actually visit every booth, but uh, that would be a, a sprint every day. Yeah. But yeah, no, you're, you're right. That's why uh, when you register for CES, uh, we make a lot of different planning tools like uh, My Show Planner and Map My Show available because uh, we get it. It is a lot of uh, territory to cover. In fact, CES 2024 will have over 2 million net square feet of space, net square feet meaning just under exhibit, not counting pathways and aisleways. So these planning tools are really helpful. If you're, you're going to CES, you're a little, it's, it's quite natural to feel overwhelmed, but these planning tools at ces.tech using your ID that you create when you register, these can really be game changing for your experience because you can, you can literally map out day by day, you know, where you're going to, where you're going to be, and, and who you want to see, where they are. And it, it, it dispels all the confusion and madness when you get on the show floor, you've got a plan. So take advantage of this. I want to get into the themes, but before that, and this is, if this is an unfair question, feel free not to answer it. Don't worry about it. But the, uh, <laughs> what, what is open this year? What, what parts is do is the South hall back open South, North, Central no. and West? Is it the, what, what are we doing? What are we dealing with? Yeah, no, just over in the LBCC area, you're going to have Central and North, and then, of course, the shiny brand new West Hall. And then, of course, at, at Venetian, you'll have the, the the promenade area and then Eureka Park down on that main floor. And then over at Aria and Vidara, that's where this, the C-Space uh, exhibits and uh, C-Space stage and so forth conferences over there. Uh, so those are the those are the major domains. And this is, I think this is the first year, might be the second, that... that um... The Venetian, the Sands Expo is now called the Venetian Expo since it's now. Yeah, Venetian Expo. That's the proper name. Yeah. But you know how it is. So these these old names, they they linger and stick around and, and we uh, we st tend to still use them. Uh, but yes, Venetian uh, Exposition. Uh, and if we go and if you go there, you're in walking distance of the new sphere, which is definitely something to go take a look at in town. A lot of people, I think, uh, and I reckon we'll we'll be venturing over that way. <laughs> I, I definitely think so. Okay. Well, Tim and I will be there in town uh, um, earlier than that for a digital signage show that's taking place. So we'll, we'll get it out of our system early. Um, <laughs> so, so what, what are you highlighting as the top themes for the show this year? Sure. Well, I, I would say first and foremost, artificial intelligence will be 
really, I think the the most omnipresent uh, of, of technologies and and trends thereof. Uh, obviously, this whole year there's been a lot of buzz uh, and news around generative AI, and just all kinds of different companies are are employing various aspects of Gen AI. Uh, with their own data, with customer data, whatever it is. But what's interesting about CES is that really we'll be able to, to explore AI and the contributions it's making uh, beyond just generative AI, which is really just dominated headlines and, and a lot of the discussion around AI, but thinking about uh, computer vision, uh, advancements there, uh, also natural language processing, thinking about like digital assistance and being able to 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 speak to uh, machines and have them understand and then them speak back. Uh, but also robotic process automation, very, very important for automating, uh, with, whether it's with robots or, or just other processes, but machine learning, uh, deep learning. And these will be, uh, there'll be examples of these from, from health technology and medicine right on through to agriculture and entertainment. So. That's going to be the the overarching, I think, major theme. You you'll you'll encounter AI and talking points around AI virtually at every booth at CES. But beyond that, I mean, there's a very long list of, of other very important and meaningful trends that we're we're delighted to to see uh, all the innovation thereof. Robotics, uh, food technology, beauty tech uh, is is another that will be featured, which has has been a trend over the past several years, but interestingly, uh, L'Oreal uh, of beauty uh, industry fame is is actually giving a keynote at the show. Uh, so, and that's a first. Uh, so, beyond those trends, uh, sustainability will also be another another key theme. So, there's just, and I can go on and on, but but those are some of the big ones I think that we'll be able to to see. Food and agriculture tech. I, th I think I mentioned food tech, but but we can't forget John Deere and the autonomous tractors and and other heavy equipment over in West Hall. Always a, a showstopper. Well, and, and Steve, you, you mentioned something there when we were you going down the road of AI, and you and you, you mentioned John Deere, right? And, and agriculture mm -hmm. certainly there. You have beauty, transportation, all sorts of things. When when somebody looks at CES, and and this again. My, my perspective from the outside looking in until I went was, well, okay, this is a big giant tech show that, you know, um, that, you know, folks that are going to geek out on, on big TVs go to. When you're talking to folks, who should go to this? Because it, it feels like there's a little bit for everybody and there's a lot for, for, for some folks, but who should, who should attend CES and, and, and at least go for a couple of days? Well, remember, CES is a trade-only or industry-only event, so we're not open to the, the general public, in other words, but that definition has really broad applications, uh, at, as we, we see and we witness across the show floor with all the different brands, from, from L'Oreal to John Deere uh, and everything in between, so the fact that that technology now really overlays the entire economy and and various sectors thereof, uh, industry folk uh, come from just a, a wide variety of backgrounds. But I think really, if uh, any anyone in business uh, that is leveraging technology, which is most business people these days, uh, there's going to be something of interest, uh, of deep interest uh, at, at CES. And of course, those of us that are kind of in the, the tech industry proper, 
I would say CES is is a is a must see event and waypoint on the calendar each and every year. Yeah, and Steve, um, this is a conversation you and I have had multiple times over the course of the last two years: hallway conversations, video conversations, all the conversations. <laughs> uh, let's let's take two or three minutes to talk about metaverse. Mm. Uh, you know the. The idea that the Internet of Internets would connect up and there would be connections in all kinds of different ways was essentially inevitable. Anybody who looked at it realized that that's the direction that we would be going in. But this is a word where the hype mouth actually ate the tail. You know, it was the perfect <laughs> serpent where it, where it blew up on hype and, and you know, or, people are embarrassed. Ouroboros is the word you're looking for. Ouroboros, yes. Ouroboros, thank you very much. Um, I, I didn't want to necessarily make that reference because people might go like Marvel and Loki, but th that's okay. Um, so it, it, what do we, what's the lesson to be learned from metaverse? I mean, there are still metaverse technologies being talked about at the show, but I doubt that anybody's going to have it on a poster. I doubt that anybody's going to have it on a handout. I doubt that anybody's going to be talking about it. And that's because they're embarrassed to be. <laughs> well, uh, on that point, you you might be surprised, uh, but I think you are right that that definitely we're we're over the the hype hurdle with with metaverse, and I think uh, as I as I mentioned in my remarks uh, for CS twenty twenty three, really there there's two chief domains. You've got you know the consumer and more enterprise, and I think that early on there was a lot of enthusiasm and hype around on the consumer front. And, and different things that would be happening with, with virtual worlds and, and so forth. Actually, what's what's turned out to be true, and, and we, we predicted this and we pointed to this at CES 2023, and this is where I think Metaverse will, will be experienced uh, at, uh, at CES 2024, uh, is more along the, the lines of industrial Metaverse. So thinking about digital twins, uh, and I know that, that Siemens uh, uh, is part of that story, uh, but but there will be others talking about industrial metaverse uh, and how this, along with digital twins, is is starting to be incorporated uh, into various designs and, and planning and so forth. That being said, uh, there still is a very large quotient of of metaverse uh, type, and and it might be fair to just just let's just call it XR technologies. Uh, and and the constellation of supporting technologies like haptics, uh, for example, we actually have a, an, an area in Central Hall dedicated to to uh, XR metaverse uh, technologies. So that's where folks will be able to go to to really lean into uh, the current state of metaverse more on the consumer front. But we'll 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 get a flavor for. I don't think they'll necessarily be saying metaverse uh, potentially, but but certainly for some of the things that 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 represent that, like I mentioned, the digital twins uh, and how that, along with AI, is being incorporated. Because you could say, I think, really the same thing about generative AI is, is I think some would say maybe we're we're starting to crest in terms of the narrative around gener generative AI, and, and maybe everybody's had a, a heaping helping of that uh, so far this year. And, and that, that's not really uh, that interesting to them. So, uh, but be that as it may, uh, I think uh, AI will be a big a big topic at the show, as I mentioned. But but metaverse, not as big as as twenty three, but still there, and, and still I think a, a meaningful trend, just more on the enterprise side than in consumer. Okay. When does a 
When does the technology start to become so commoditized that you may not see it at the conference anymore? Or does that even happen? I mean, I, I, I'm thinking about, you know, the, the, the birth of Betamax and VHS. And, and you know, we're all now doing digital recordings, which, by the way, are not transportable. So, you know, I guess we won and we lost that one at the same time. But, you know, the large screen displays, which there's still going to be plenty of this year, you know, in fact, some, some short throw projection uh, and laser projection, which rival some large screen displays and the roll up screens and the roll up and roll down. But at what point does it become commoditized? A lot of the big players in displays you know, aren't even making them anymore because they can't make money on them. So uh, yeah. is that a natural trend for everything or is that only a few things? Well, I think that's that's just kind of part of business and, and the product life cycle where you you have, you know, the across the product life cycle, you have these venerable categories like TVs that are heavily commoditized. The, the, the annual shipment run rate in the U.S. is right around 40 million units per year. So, so you know, that's uh, that's quite a few TVs uh, being shipped each year just in the United States alone, but just witness the innovation that's taking place in that space uh, and to the, to the delight of consumers as competition drives down prices and makes these technologies more affordable because everybody wants a, at least, I think so, uh, a bigger screen uh, each, each and every time they upgrade. Let's, let's, go, let's go a little bit bigger. Let's go a little bit bigger. Uh, and happily, uh, those screens uh, are out there. But, but yeah, so all these tech, whether it's, it's all these core devices from, from laptops and all these screen devices, TVs, laptops, smartphones, tablets, all these, we, we still continue to see tremendous innovation uh, and they're, they're present at CES. So it, it may not be the, the latest, coolest thing, if, if you like, but there's still a lot of just fascinating innovation that's taking place that are in, continuing to improve picture quality on TVs. You know, we, we know about Quantum Dot and OLED and so forth, but there will be new advances that will, will make those images on those screens even more lifelike. And, and we talked about XR earlier. There's another, not not yet a commodity, but another one that's just rapidly rapidly developing, in, in terms of of the the wearable device itself, lighter, uh, more comfortable, so you can wear it longer, uh, ostensibly. Uh, so so yeah, all those things will be at the show. But uh, I think I personally, you know, even though TVs are are commoditized and uh, they're they're still, I think, the king technology uh, across American households. Uh, I, I, there's a lot that I look forward to every year, and I would say TVs among them. <laughs> I, I want to see the latest and greatest uh, TVs and just see how impossibly thin they are uh, and how big they can get uh, and just how lifelike the images are on them. Yeah, absolutely. Steve, if, if somebody's, you know, either they've not gone, they, ha they haven't gone for a few years, what advice would you give to them if they're trying to carve up this show? I mean, Danto and, and, and you know, we, we all know this, CES is a generous show one person can't right you can't see mm -hmm. everything so how would you carve it up and just speak generically obviously you you know depending on what your interests are but generically how would you attack ces yeah well like i said online i mean it depends on interest areas i would start there uh what are, what are the areas of interest that you're hoping to see uh, or it could be uh, what are what's the the list of brands uh and and so forth but Looking at the show through the lens of different themes, I think is helpful. And, and we, we, we do our part to try and curate 
uh, to some extent. Like, uh, I'll give you an example. In North Hall, uh, we have the health technology area, and that's where you'll find uh, exhibitors and, and companies great and small, uh, from the likes of Abbott uh, that we know well, to very small, uh, probably uh, uh, startup level of small businesses uh, in health uh, technology. Uh, and then just, just adjacent to that is really a, an area for, for more uh, AI, robotics. We have smart cities. And then, of course, West Hall is, is all about uh, transportation, automotive, autonomous driving, uh, vehicle tech, uh, and so forth. So I think it, I would start with these interest areas and then go to the show map and, and let that guide you on where you need to be. So let me ask you, um, and I f forgive me if this is an uncomfortable question, because I'm not trying to put you on the spot or anyone on the spot. But when we talk about, um, and I want to get my years right, 2022 was the virtual show, right? Or or no, 2022 was the show that um, that 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 it was not virtual for the first time. 21 was virtual. Right. 22, <clears throat> not a lot of people went. We got out the free Binax test kits, which was, by the way, was the, Abbott was the greatest swag in the world. Um, <laughs> but um, the there was a big trend of companies who didn't bother to attend that mm. year who reported on the show anyway because of pre-briefs. Mm -hmm. And now this is more of a trade show question than it's a CES question. You know, I, I, Tim and I have been to thousands, if not millions over the course of our lifetime and lots of different ones. And at some point, most of them have had to say, you know what, if you're going to be at the show, you've got to be at the show. No more of this thing off to the side or this thing you do a week earlier or this this introduction you do somewhere else. You're either going to be attending and part of it or you're not. And has CES gotten to that point where, you know, all these pre-briefs, all the people who didn't show up in 22 because they had their pre-brief, so they reported as if they attended it anyway. Um, I mean, is that something you guys are aware of and trying to get a bit of a handle on? Well, for example, there there's no virtual component for CES 2024. Uh, and I think that that virtual component was necessary for a season, uh, but but now things have really swung back to uh, the the primacy of, of in-person events. Uh, and so, as I mentioned, there is no virtual CES 2024, uh, but but companies still will you know, they they make their announcements, and then that may be you know right now we're starting to see, see a rising tide of press releases from from different brands that will be exhibiting, previewing, you know what they're because they're they're trying to attract attention, and they want to they want to get on people's uh, uh, plans uh, for for the show uh, as they're as they're attending. But yeah, I think I think that was uh, more of a, of a temporary phenomenon. Uh, one one other interesting trend that that I've noticed, uh, and this is again more like you said, more of a trade show dynamic than than a CES specific dynamic. But but uh, there are many booths that still have more of an open format, uh, and there there seems to be a growing number, still small, uh, and these tend to be the the larger exhibits that uh, are are more curated. Uh, they they have a queue, and and, and I like to. The, I think it's synonymous to like a haunted house where, where you're, you're, you're walking through, uh, you know, a, a specific uh, pathway through, through the booth and experiencing it uh, in a dedicated vignettes, uh, if you like. Uh, so we may see a little bit more of that uh, here and there. It's again, from, from larger brands, uh, bigger booths, 
but but several that are still kind of the, the open dynamic. Uh, so that's that's one thing I think that will be interesting to see is that, that the booth design is starting to also change and, and brands are starting to to be a little bit more curated, maybe in, in their approach of telling their story at, at the show. Well, you have to, right? Because, you know, number one, it's an investment. It's an investment in time, obviously, and money. Um, but you, you've got a different um, different clientele. Uh, and that clientele evolves over the years. And, you know, Danto mentioned the, the one in 22, where yeah. you, you had, you know, um, again, first of all, that was my first time. And, and, you know, David said it was it was a perfect one to go to because it was it was less attended and apparently <laughs> yeah. the restaurants you know don't all aren't always open whenever you want um it's yes but you you have to because you know you you've got larger brands but also you have a differentiating um of, of a buyer right i mean it, it's you know whether that is you know the buyer for a, a convenience store or a, a large chain these folks really are departmentalizing i guess if, if, if i can use a word um yeah what what they're looking for and so what's what the buyer for target is looking for is certainly different than what the one for kohl's is yeah it's it's they're both department stores but they're still you know distinctly different um audiences mm -hmm. yeah that's true and i think you're onto something there with with you know it is an investment and i and i think that brands may be want to have more of a of a of a tailored and and uh, kind of guided uh, experience uh, to communicate their key messages, uh, but at the same time, uh, there there's plenty of kind of choose your own adventure <laughs> type type booths uh, and so forth. Uh, but uh, and that, the other thing I love about CES is that you have the, these uh, tremendous. I mean, talking about investments, I mean millions of dollars uh, spent on these these experiences. Huge huge brand presence. Uh, whether it's indoors or outdoors, but then you also have uh, just these small companies with a 10 by 10 booth uh, and they still have some amazing tech, uh, an amazing experience. Yeah, maybe there's not, you know, big colorful lights and a stage with performers <laughs> like we've sometimes seen uh, at the show, but, you know, it's, it's still at its heart. It's, it's just such incredible uh, innovation. Some have, some of it has more window dressing than others, but at its heart, it's still just raw technology innovation that is just so game changing and cool. Uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's going to be uh, neat to see uh, again, whether you're at tech East or tech West, uh, there's going to be a ton of innovation to see. So it let's was, do it was 22 where, where Tom Holland showed up. So that was the window dressing there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, over the years, I mean, I've seen private Huey Lewis on the news while he was still performing. We had some private showings of theirs and some some amazing experiences that I've had at CES that I would never have uh, anywhere else. So I do appreciate that. And you know, we do need to comment about the fact that just as we're recording this now, the deluge of press and analyst emails is just starting we're starting to get three four five a day you know as we get through december you know close to christmas it's going to be something like 50 60 70 a day we still get a few during the show and then there are the three or four we get when the show's over which i always reply saying look if you want me to see that we need a seance so so it, it just mm -hmm. expect the emails to come through if you're registered Steve, give us the logistics as a, as a sort of a wrap up here as a last question if anybody wants to attend the show where do they go where is it taking place what are the dates how do they find out? 
Yes, uh, no problem. Yeah, well, so basically to, to register, you would go to, to ces.tech slash register. Uh, and uh, the show will be uh, the 9th to the 12th, uh, 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th. It's a Tuesday through uh, Friday uh, event. Uh, and so a lot of people like that. It's all during the work week, not not overlapping the weekend. Uh, yeah. And uh, get registered because uh, I think the price goes up soon. Uh, but um, much success. And again, again, those planning tools are there that I mentioned before. So take advantage of those because they can really, really, I think, boost your, your CES experience because you, you, you'll attend the show with a plan in hand. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you again for the few years where you start CES, not right after New Year's, where there's a little <laughs> bit of a break. That, that makes life a lot easier for everybody. That's why they did it, Danto, because it, it makes your life easier. No, I'm <laughs> sure that's not why they did it. That's, that's probably the, the show dates change. The show dates change from year to year. Uh, and uh, you know, last year was a little early. Uh, but uh, but yes, uh, this is I think one one that's more of a happy medium between between later and earlier, uh, so it should be pretty manageable. And like I said, uh, everybody likes it when when the show is is contained during the work week, uh, and not uh, like fully overlapping the weekend uh, or even starting uh, on the weekend. Yeah, well, you get you get some of the uh, press uh, conferences taking place on that Sunday and Monday. Um, right. And, uh, yes, and that, that, that's, this is true. This is true so, on those two but, media days. But absolutely, you know, I mean, let's, the, the biggest prayer that I'm hoping for is nothing to do with CS. I hope they've taken down all the F1 gates. Um, it's, <laughs> it, was, it was a mess in Las Vegas the last time I was there. So I'm kind of hoping that the city will look a little bit more like normal, which isn't normal for any city. They say mm -hmm. that the, uh, the the city flag symbol is a traffic cone. But um it, it, let's, let's hope that we can all get around relatively easily and uh, do things. Well, CES has a lot of transportation options, and 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 those options can also be be seen and and reviewed and and so forth at, at ces.tech. Whether it's our shuttle buses from hotels that take you to different uh, show venues, or this uh, the the Venetian uh, Express that goes back, or you know, we have the new Teslas in the tunnel, uh, the Vegas Loop, uh, and that's another great way to to get between venues, uh, at least from, I think, from Central Hall uh, environs over to West Hall, very, very convenient and quick. Uh, it just puts you on the far side of West, which is not that big, that, that way you can work your way back. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 something I used last year, and it, it was very convenient. And one bit of advice that I'll give from a personal standpoint, having attended the show so many times before, when you plan out what you're going to be doing for the days that you're there, try and make your plan so that you're not spending the middle of the day in the transportation. No matter how good it is, don't plan on going to Hall A and then transport to Hall B and then transport to Hall A or Hall C because that's, you know, spend a day, you know, at the convention center, spend a day at the Venetian, spend a day wherever you're going to be, try and avoid getting stuck in the middle of traffic because even with the best shuttles and transportation, it's 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 a schlep and you're wasting a lot of time. Yeah, and uh, obviously the the Las Vegas taxis are are omnipresent everywhere. But uh, for me, I've had a lot of success with Uber and Lyft uh, as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and we have we have dedicated pickup points around the show for that. So so that makes it usually easy and convenient. But you're right, David. It it's uh, the logistics can be challenging. So you're better better sticking to one location for the day. Uh, and and you'll be better off for that. <laughs> Tim, any last words from you before we close this out? 
No, I mean, I, I would, you know, I, again, I'm, I'm heading in this year. We're, we're bringing Patrick along uh, from our team, uh, who's been uh, not as many times as, as David, but but still quite a few. Uh, so looking forward to to having that experience as well. Let's uh, have you and I, and uh, maybe we can get a hold of some of the other influencers in the space, get together and uh, do a show from there. Yep. We can uh, figure out uh, the logistics and uh, get a room and, uh, and uh, you know, maybe you can even get Evan Christel and some of the other guys to come along if they're at the show this year and uh, talk about what they've seen. I like it. Steve, thanks very much. If anybody wants to reach out to you, wants any more information from you, or, you know, just wants to reach out to you personally, how would you suggest they get in touch? Yeah, uh, email is just skoenig at cta.tech. Uh, happy to answer any any questions. Uh, and again, to get more information about CES, it's ces.tech. Uh, and uh, ces.tech slash register to get signed up for CES. We'll see you there. Steve, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for giving everybody the preview of what to look for this year and what to think about at the show. And uh, we will hopefully see you soon. Thank you. How can somebody get in touch with you, Tim? <laughs> <clears throat> uh, you can get a hold of me. Um, don't get a hold of me. Go to the website, avianation.tv, which David's going to say in a second. Okay, so let's go to avianation.tv to find out more information. Thanks, everybody, for joining us for this episode of Connected. We'll see you on the next one. Take care.